Prepare to hear from a business owner who is all about focus. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here and tuning in as we get ever closer to the end of the year. In this episode, we've got a fair few good practical tips coming up for you. We've got a lot of inspiration and big thinking too, because at this time of year, you do not need me adding or my guests even adding to your to-do list. I know you've all got more than enough to be getting on with. So sit back and enjoy the ride in this episode. And please make sure you listen to the end so you don't miss out on my guests top tips and my own take on his thoughts. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Clavio is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Clavio account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Bert Beagley Brown is the founder and managing director at Tog Knives, a UK brand that designs and sells premium kitchen knives batch produced in the samurai sword capital of Japan. Selling via their WordPress store, they've just run a second hugely successful crowdfunding campaign. Founded in 2015, they now do £700,000 each year, having grown 4.9 times since 2019. Hello, Bert. Hello, Chloe. Pleased to meet you. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. So thanks for sparing the time to come and talk to us. And massive congratulations on the growth you've seen over the last few years and also that recent Crowdcube campaign. It must be A, awesome to have completed it and B, brilliant to be seeing the results. Absolutely. It's, um, it's quite an experience to go through crowdfunding and to have 750 new people as shareholders in the company is, is pretty amazing. And we've also got the funds now to enable us to do some quite exciting things over the next five years. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. Why? What led you to decide to do a crowdfunding route? Because, I mean, a lot of businesses go bootstrapping, some go VCs. And I always think the crowdfunding is kind of halfway through, halfway between bootstrapping and VCs. It's kind of in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have this community of people and some of them end up being customers and some of them have got a lot of experience that they're happy to share with us and sort of become advisors but we did look at crowdfunding versus other routes of getting money and to be frank you you actually get a slightly better valuation with crowdfunding than you might do elsewhere and the shareholders that you do have at the at the end don't have any decision making so they have no restriction to the way you can run run your business if that makes sense as well that does so you've got all the power you build a new community of potential customers and helpers yeah and it's an opportunity to get in front of new people and uh, yeah to um, expand your network i suppose 
Yeah. And I imagine with your, you know, your, your quality product that you sell, your target market probably has quite a large, if we did a Venn diagram of those who do crowdfunding for equity and those who like high quality kitchen knives, there's probably a fairly good, good overlap there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And we've had some uh, amazing investors investing quite significant sums and helping out and and becoming customers as well. And actually we've offered rewards. So depending on the level of investment you make, we give investors rewards too. So we're doing a limited edition kitchen knife for people, which they don't have to pay any extra for that, but it will get them into the world of kitchen knives, which is what we're trying to get more and more people into. Once you've experienced um, an amazing Japanese kitchen knife, there's no going back. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Um, Well, look, before we start talking about the product, or maybe we will start talking about the product, but let's take a a leap back in time. How did you end up in e-commerce? Well, I, in a previous life, I ran a product design consultancy. So originally I trained as an engineer and then as an industrial designer. I ran a consultancy and I made contact with a small family-owned cutlery manufacturer in Seki in Japan and they wanted me to design a knife for them to sell in Japan and I went over to Japan spent time with them and was introduced to a samurai swordsmith which was an unbelievable experience that changed my life and this there well this guy was Hiramune Takaba was his name he his life quest was to create the perfect samurai sword and obviously Samurai swords aren't in such demand as they were back in the day when samurai were fighting with them. Um, And the government in Japan has subsidised swordsmiths to keep the art alive. But the amount of skill and knowledge that goes into making a samurai sword is possibly unequalled. And it's such a a long-standing profession and of such importance to make this tool that was literally life and death in the era of sword warfare so that i think they said there were seven families in in japan still making samurai swords and you have to be born into one of them and to become a swordsmith and he had made a sword that was um created from a steel that he'd made himself from nails that he'd found from where a temple had been demolished in Japan that was 700 years old to get steel from 700 years ago and samurai swords were the best wow. and he combined it with waste metal from a Swedish car factory and some other metal he'd found in Australia and there was it's like seven months just to forge one blade and at the end of that it's not even been sharpened and a, another guy is trained in in doing that and it's that philosophy of excellence and having one specialist craftsman who's responsible for each stage of the process, all of that has gone into the modern kitchen knife industry in Seki, which has replaced the samurai sword industry. So this just blew my mind. I had finished running my product design consultancy and wanted to bring a product to market myself. And I saw an opportunity to design what I thought would be the best kitchen knife I could possibly design for for a Western audience, but made by these guys in in Seki, and so that's what I set out to to do. Wow! So just a, a I mean, I've I've seen like documentaries about the making of samurai swords, and that is fairly mesmerising. But being there in person must have been been phenomenal. And they and they wanted a British product designer to design a kitchen knife 
based on samurai principles for the Japanese market. That sounds surprising, and it was actually yeah. slightly controversial, <laughs> but there was quite a few very traditional manufacturers in that area, and there was a program called Designer in Residence where they were bringing designers from New York, Helsinki, and London to, I guess, help those very traditional companies differentiate themselves and think a bit differently because they'd just been doing the same thing for potentially hundreds of years and they wanted some fresh eyes and innovation. And I suppose when you have to be born into the family to do the training, it, it, it limits the innovation, doesn't it, <laughs> Yes, extent. it does, somewhat, yes. It, it really is hundreds of years. Um, so the Samurai Sword was the inspiration for what became your product. So was it, was it always for you going to be, I'm going to sell this in the UK and I want e-commerce to be my route to market? No, I sold the first knives through a website, a WooCommerce WordPress website that I, that I built myself. I'd built a few of those before, but after not very long, I thought it would be great to get the knives into a physical shop. So I went to the local kitchen shop, which I loved in Bristol, south, south of the UK, and managed to get them to stock it and that was a great way of getting the brand in front of um, people who were, you know, it's a footfall going past the shop. And based on that, I got into a larger chain of kitchen shops that was across the whole of the UK. And that was even better for getting in front of new people. Because in the early stages, you've got a, you know, it's brand, about brand awareness. So people shopping for knives were discovering Tog through that. And then more recently, we have sold through other websites so we'd be listed on other online retailers and we would give those retailers perhaps 20 percent we would fulfill the product um, and they would take the order but more recently than that so say within the last two years there's been such an explosion in demand for for our products that we were able to sell all of the products that we had direct to our consumer through our through our own website so we've actually gone 100% direct to consumer now and that's simplified the business considerably and improved our profit margin at the same time so whilst over the next five years we would look at returning to a wholesale model we are currently 100% direct to consumer and enjoying the simple life of only having to worry about one, one channel. It feel like the simple life, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of those, this is definitely Sinclair. easier, but I'm still so busy. How did that yeah. work? Yes. Um, so you're, one of the reasons I wanted to get you, get you on the show is because your product is, you know, partly su- a sustainable product because you are encouraging your customers to buy the knife that will outlast them. It's, you know, you're teaching them how to look after it. You're teaching them how to keep it for their entire lifespan, which I think scares a lot of people in the e-commerce brands world. It's like, well, I just want them to buy one knife. Are there enough people? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? So how do you, how do you handle that whole, you know, and you've even, you've even got a lifetime guarantee on it. So how do you handle the fact that this is the only knife they'll ever need? Well, it is part of a growing movement, which is a reaction against this kind of built-in obsolescence and uh, disposable products, I think. And there are more and more people looking for quality artisan, you know, batch-produced products that are built to, to last. And that's just something 
I believe in on a on a personal level. I I hate kind of mass produced plastic. You know, some of the toys my kids have that just break within a week. I'm just it really great. So um, in my business, I am trying to reverse that. Obviously, there's a commercial element. I I, get, I take your point, but if we can continually provide those products for people, you know, it, I suppose to some extent we need to keep launching new products because the lifetime value is very important. You know, the cost of acquiring a new customer is considerable and higher than it used to be. So lifetime value is more and more important. And we make the most of that by by launching new new products. But and we help people look after the products that they've got. That's really important. You know, when you get when you buy a product from us, you get an automated email saying your product is best looked after like this. And we have a lot of videos and resources on our website to help people get the most out of it. But well sharpening is one of those things it's there's no point in buying a really good kitchen knife unless you keep it sharp and so a lot of what we're doing is education and trying to inspire people to learn to sharpen knives and and to to keep them sharp because it's the performance it's the actual cutting that's the important bit rather than the knife um you know, we say we want people to love cutting food and that's really what tog is about and if you've got a blunt knife, you won't love cutting food. No, nothing worse than a, than a blunt knife on any front. Um, so you have created lots and lots of content around the sharpening and the looking after the knives and the other products that you're now selling as well. Do you find that that forms part of the sales process or is it more kind of like a post-purchase education process? It's probably a post-purchase education process. You know, we've got a mailing list and we're obviously communicating to those people. So we, yeah, we talk about looking after your products and getting the most out of them generally afterwards. I mean, some people will come to us just for our sharpening products. We've got some amazing whetstones, um, a honing rod and plans to develop quite innovative knife sharpeners in the, in the future. But yeah, I'd say it was post-purchase. And... Your customers clearly love what you're doing. You've been endorsed by 10 Michelin star chefs and you've got amazing Trustpilot reviews. So I guess I have to ask you the question, how did you manage to get 10 Michelin star chefs to endorse your product? Because that a lot of our listeners will be going, I would love that for my business. That's amazing. Well, I sent a knife to lots of Michelin star chefs. <laughs> well, 10, I think. I think I got, got testimonials from pretty much everyone that I asked, but... They all loved them. I mean, I spent a long time designing this knife and making sure everyone loved it. So I was quite confident that when I sent one of the knives to a chef that they, they would love it. And I guess I contacted the restaurant or managed to get their name or email or contact details somehow. Um, and over a period of 18 months, two years was just contacting chefs, sending them a, a knife and asking them if they would m mind sending me a sentence, which was a testimonial that I could use in return. Um, and that worked well. So a simple case of don't ask, don't get. Yeah. And um, nobody asked for any money, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, hugely, hugely well-targeted influencer marketing campaign there. 
Yeah, um, and we're talking to someone very exciting now who can, who's potentially going to be uh, an ambassador who's a very well-known chef in the UK, but that could be a really exciting thing for us over the next 12 months or so. Excellent. Well, I'll keep my fingers crossed for that then. Thank and you. We mentioned in the intro that you've, you've had some brilliant growth over the last few years. Um, I guess anyone who's grown over the last few years, do you think it was down to the pandemic or are there other things you, you brought into play to, to accelerate that growth? We were growing... 60 to 70 percent every year before the pandemic the pandemic definitely helped i mean it was very polarizing in terms of how it affected different businesses depending on what sector you were in and in the uk with lockdown everybody was at home they had more time to learn new skills they got into cooking they watched tv which had lots of programs about cooking on it (laughs) and they had a bit more money perhaps because they couldn't go on holiday. So we did benefit from that, undeniably. Um, but there was underlying growth in the business you know, before the pandemic hit, and which is, which is still there. And I'm working with um, Ernest Catbear, who was uh, previously co-founder of a cold water surf brand Finisterre in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. And he is an awesome guy. He's built Finisterre. He built Finisterre. Um, up to about four million pound turnover, which is what we're now trying to do with Tog. And so the growth has come from plans that he's put in place, uh, mainly from a brand strategy and marketing point of view. But he's he's kind of he's the growth king for the business and knows how to do it. Yeah, a great hire, I have to say. Um, and uh, and I guess that's that's the key thing, isn't it? As a managing director of a growing business, is you have to know what help you need and when you need it. Absolutely. And I set out, as a lot of founders do, doing everything myself and working on my own. And, you know, you don't know everything and you don't have all the skills and you don't have all the knowledge. So, but there are people that do. So it's so important to reach out to them. And um, it says on your LinkedIn profile, so I may have got this wrong, but it says you're a part-time managing director. How did you score that? <laughs> and, um, and what that does that look like? That makes it sound like my heart's not in it. I think it, it makes everyone go, wow, how did he manage that? I want some of that. Well, I always, uh, when people ask this, I talk about Elon Musk, right? Because he's Elon Musk's running, I don't know how many businesses, probably six or seven. So he's doing what? I don't know, like one day or less running Mm -hmm. SpaceX and one day or less running Tesla. (laughs) It's like, it's possible. And so I thought, well, if he can do that, then I can get from five days to four days, right? Like Mm -hmm. the work expands to fill the time you've got to do it. And it has to contract to fill the time available to do it as well. So if I strictly go to four days, then I'm just going to have to find ways of fitting in what I need to do in in those four days which which I'm doing and that involves efficiencies it involves delegation and you know that's all part of managing growth and and change which is such a big part of what what I do the business you know it's very different from one year to the next when it's growing at this rate and everything can change so you can do four days a week, I believe, and you just change whatever you need to change in order to make that happen. But if you're not in control of it, you can end up doing every hour of the day, and then that's when people burn out. 
Yeah, which is a is a horrible situation to get yourself into. And I think um, I'm com- I, I totally get what you're saying around you have to contract the time first and then find out how to fit everything into it. That's what I've always found with yes, work. Yes, absolutely. Is the you know you you can look at the to do list and go right. I need to delegate more. I need to do do if do less. I want to go down to four days or three days or finish at four every day. Whatever it may be, you're you're after. You can plan that forever, but until you go right every Friday not going to be in the office, then all of a sudden you, it's painful, but it's the only way I found it's the only way of getting myself to get a better balance. Yes. Certainly. I found the same thing and I'm strict with working hours, the nine to five thirty, and I hardly ever work after that. You know, the kids had come home from school and I have tea with them and that's, it's just the routine. And, and I was quite inspired. I, I used to work for a branding consultancy in Richmond in London and previously to that my experience had, uh, of consultancies had been everyone works late and long hours to get stuff done and my boss at that consultancy was like was far, far past five I'm locking the doors get out you know and I realized that all the projects that were being run had to be run in order to accommodate that you know, like if if you know no overtime can be done in order to make up for, for your bad management, then you your management gets better. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Do you want more traffic to your online store and to increase your sales? Yoast SEO, the most used SEO tool in the world, is here to help you do just that. It's your personal coach for writing product descriptions that rank high in the search engines. And it takes care of your technical SEO automatically. With Yoast SEO installed on your Shopify or WooCommerce site, you will increase your chances on rich results, quickly optimise your meta tags and beat your competitors. I use Yoast to improve the SEO across all our websites. And you can join me now and install Yoast SEO for Shopify or WooCommerce today. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash Yoast to sign up. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash Y-O-A-S-T. So ecmp.info forward slash Y-O-A-S-T. Okay, everyone, I have an awesome piece of tech to tell you about. Do you want to maximise your margins? Make sure you convert deal-hungry customers? Clear out your overstocks with the minimum margin hit and get that cash back in the bank account fast? Well, then you should be deploying Nibble. Nibble is a super cool AI negotiation chatbot that you can use to improve conversion rates and increase margins. It's super customizable, so you can deploy it where and when you want, and it's always on brand. Visit ecmp.info forward slash nibble to have a chat with Nibble yourself and see it in action. That's ecmp.info forward slash n-i-b-b-l-e. They've been seeing margin savings of 27% for existing clients and have free trials available for all of their plans. Try it yourself at ecmp.info forward slash nibble, then click the pricing or get in touch tabs to improve your margins now. It's time for the top tips round. 
Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. More ideas other than just go down to four days, everybody. It'll be painful, but it'll work it. You've just got to make that decision. Um, So Bert, are you ready for the top tips? I am. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I don't make time to read a lot of books, but there is a company called the Do Book Company, which is a branch of the, of the Do Lectures, and they have about 33 of these small, very short books that are for people like me who don't have a lot of time to read books to who give the exact information that you want as a, a business owner. And there's a couple that I've read that I would recommend. Do Purpose about branding and why it's important to have a purpose in your in your brand. And another one, Do Open, which is about email marketing, which has been quite influential in our own strategy. Nice. A shortcut. Always good. Yeah. Uh, okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Yeah, so that is email marketing, which we use Klaviyo for, which and there's plenty of platforms. Um, but one of the big lessons from the book I just mentioned is that when you run a newsletter as a new business, you go through a phase of it not working particularly well and you feel like you're putting in a huge amount of energy in. So persevere and there's a point when it'll become extremely powerful for your, for your business email marketing and Clavio we've just started using now which has given us the ability to segment and automate so there was a comparison that uh, Ernie, Ernie made my business partner with a coffee shop so if you've got regulars going in you can say oh hi Jim you know how was the coffee you tried last Saturday would you like to try this one and rather than just shouting and sending the same email to your entire database about what you're up to, you can talk in a much more tailored way to people about you know what they've bought and perhaps what stage of the journey they're at with your product range. So there's the tailoring aspect, but the idea of these flows where your system just emails people on its own without you having to even know about it is I, I think it's wonderful. It's like almost while you're sleeping this um, computer somewhere is just selling stuff for you and bringing in fairly uh, consistent revenue. It's awesome. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I'm a big email fan myself and it, it amazes me how many newer e-commerce businesses haven't fully embraced it. So yeah, and, and to be fair, the old ones as well. So I love that you've brought that up. But... The dependency on social media companies as well. You know, one social media platform can go out of fashion very quickly or change its algorithm. And I just feel like the email database is something that we own, we've invested in, and we no one can take it away from us, Chloe. <laughs> exactly. And that's a point that cannot be made enough times, I think. It's yeah. like, you're not at the mercy, well, you are at the mercy of some algorithms, but not really, and you own it, and it's awesome. Anyway, the tool top tip before we just talk about email forever, uh, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yes, I'm going to say bullet journal. I battled with to-do lists for about 20 years and had them on Evernote and in stickies on my mac and on bits of a4 paper and in books and they were everywhere and i didn't know 
which one to look at or how to cross things off. And as they got bigger, I'd cross things off and then there'd just be an enormous list of crossed off stuff and I'd have to start again. And I just never figured out how to manage it until I discovered Bullet Journal, which is a process that is analog and it's a physical notebook and it's a way of recording what you're doing and what you've got to do into this with it. So you can buy a nice notebook, you can get a nice pencil. (laughs) It's like, that's a big part of it. People are really into it. Um, But the clever thing is about creating to-do lists which are migrated. So at the start of every month, you look at all the things that you've done last month and all the things you haven't done, and you pull it forward into a new list and you challenge yourself about whether you're really going to do it. And it's got an a year view and a month view you look at your calendar it's just i just feel organized for the first time in, in my life and i like the fact that it's analog yeah it, it, there is something about a bullet journal isn't it they are they're such a great way of organizing yourself and, and just getting stuff out your brain yes exactly so you can trust it yeah it's a system you trust yeah. And it's quite fun to do. It's nice to step away from the computer and draw dots down the line of a notebook page. Yeah, I mean, I'm a designer. I've got quite an expensive propelling pencil. (laughs) And what (laughs) what I carry around with me is my propelling pencil and my laptop and my bullet journal. Those, Those three things and my phone. Yeah, and any notebook will do. It's uh, I know, I know people. It's got a lie flat. Oh, yes, but, but I mean, like, I know a lot of people who've gone, who've spent days trying to find a bullet journal. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, it's just uh, I mean, dots or squares, that's good. But yeah, just a blank book. If it's got page numbers, that saves you making them. Yeah. Such, <laughs> such a simple, simple thing. I love the fact you brought that up. Um, okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? I did it by working with someone who'd done it before. And that would be my tip. So people say fail many times, fail fast, try everything um, to find out what works for you. But I think you can short that shortcut that by just finding someone who's done what you're trying to do and then they can tell you what to do. Yeah, it, it makes that that test list so much shorter. Yeah, you've still got to test things. Yeah, you've still got to tweak things. But if you want to fast track it, buy in the knowledge. Yeah. So I worked with Ernie as a sort of advisor for some time and eventually he made the leap and came full time. But he's got a great network. So, you know, somebody with a network is very, very valuable as well because he's made a lot of introductions to people that we're now working with who are fantastic because working with the right people is utterly important. Having the right team, is there's nothing more important than that, I don't think. Totally agree, Bert. And um, before we say goodbye, though, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? We are at www.tognives.com. And we are Tognives, T-O-G-K-N-I-V-E-S, on Instagram. Also Facebook, but Instagram is where we are mainly. And we are able to do an offer for listeners. I mentioned earlier the importance of sharpening knives, and we're actually going to give away a honing rod worth £65, which is the... You have to have it. If you've got a good knife, you have to have that as a way of maintaining the sharp edge on the knife. So if people use coupon master plan 
the basket or checkout. And when they're buying a kitchen knife on togknives.com, then they will get a honing rod added free of charge. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ben. That's a super generous offer. Um, well, look, thank you so much also for sharing so much insight with us today. I suspect we've inspired people to do something. Uh, there were many options for them to follow, though. So uh, so thanks so much for being here. It's been, been a pleasure chatting with you. It's been an absolute pr- pleasure. I've loved it. Thank you, Chloe, indeed, for having me. Excellent to get to chat to Bert there. And um, I just think, for me, his... The entire interview is summed up by one word, which is focus and the power of focus around their choice of which channels they're selling on, around their decision to, you know, how how he's gone about becoming part time rather than full time, cutting back to four days. And that bullet journal piece, I think it just bleeds through everything he was talking about is that importance of focusing and making those right decisions. Also, um, as well as using our, one of our sponsors, Clavio, Tog also use our sponsor Yoast SEO plugin on their WordPress site, just like we do here at e-commerce Masterplan. Now, Yoast are one of our sponsorship partners and recently launched an SEO tool for Shopify stores too. You can find out all about that via ecmp.info forward slash Yoast. And to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including those top tips and links to what we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or go to ecmp.com cmp.info forward slash episode number to go straight to the correct page. Once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to sustainability and carbon net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please do tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.